Welcome to the Tales from Travellers podcast, a show that aims to share the unique experiences of expats, travellers and those who have chosen to make a life abroad. Through our guests' unique experiences, we will explore the challenges and rewards of adjusting to a new culture, making new connections, pursuing a career or even raising a family in a different part of the world. Whether you're a seasoned traveller or new to the expat lifestyle, this podcast could be an insightful tool or a fun distraction for anyone considering moving abroad. Today I'm joined by Lottie and Kyle, a married couple with quite a tale to tell. Like many others, their plans were put on hold by the COVID-19 pandemic, and with shifting timelines, personal and professional commitments, their dream of living the expat life seemed to change almost weekly. So today we're going to explore how their priorities and perspectives have shifted over the years, the emotional journey that these two will undertake for a major life change, and also the excitement, the excitement sorry, of starting a new chapter. So without further ado, let's welcome the two of them to the show. So first, Kyle, could you just um, introduce me to tell me where you are in the world and a little bit about yourself? Hi, yes. Yeah, so um, yeah, my name's Kyle. Um, I live in Bexhill, which is a tiny little town on the south coast of England, southeast coast of England. Um, so yes, I'm married to Lottie. Um, been married for about four years, just almost. Um, been together for 10 years. Um, always lived in the south coast essentially really I've never moved more than a two hour drive from from where I am at the moment um yeah so that's a I don't know what else do you want to know <laughs> that, that for, for now I suppose that's a perfect way to just tell us about yourself uh Lottie same question to you I'm assuming you're living in the same part of the world but could you tell us a little bit about yourself yeah so hi I'm Lottie um wife of Kyle um I am also living in Bexhill-on-Sea with Kyle's parents right now um, and yeah we've been married for four years together for 10 it was actually our 10 year anniversary I think yesterday um, though neither of us remember the exact date um, and yes very excited to be here thank you very much for having us. <laughs> no th- thank you thank you and first of all congratulations on the anniversary. Um, thank you. I thank tend you. to also forget the date but then again once you're married that's the important one to remember. That's what I, I think would this say. is the thing, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and moving forward, that's what we need to remember. Um, <laughs> and we've got a bit of paperwork that tells us that date, so. <laughs> yeah, the paperwork yes, and always yes. the photos. Yeah. Fantastic yeah. for remembering yeah. these. Yeah. <laughs> As I mentioned, you've got quite quite an interesting and complex and long story that would be on par with something from J.R.R. Tolkien. Um, you are looking finally after many years looking to move to Canada together, emigrating with your visas and huge, huge undertaking. But before we, obviously as a married couple, even solo travelers find moving abroad quite daunting. I'd just like to ask first, first question, what was the initial catalyst for the two of you choosing to move to Canada? Uh, Lottie, let's lead with you first. Yeah, so I think... I think I, if I remember correctly, I was the one that put the idea out there. Um, I'll be very honest, with COVID, both Kyle and I were quite uh, disappointed with the way that the government at the time were handling a lot of things. And I remember it really clearly. We'd, um, I, I, I had a week off work, um, I think we might have both done, and we were just walking the really nice uh, like forest in a place called Uckfield near us. Um, 
And there was something like, you know, you get the BBC News alert on your phone. You're like, oh, God, what's happened now? And it was something to do with COVID and a new restriction or a new guideline. And I just said, oh, God, should we just move to Canada? Like, this is ridiculous. Um, And we sort of laughed about it and carried on. And then I secretly, like, went home and looked it up and thought, wow, this is actually really doable. Hey, Kyle, what do you think about doing this? like just going for it what have we you know why not why wouldn't we um I think by my nature I'm much more impulsive and Kyle's much more measured so I'm I think the initial response was like no (laughs) don't be silly um and but yeah that that was the initial catalyst was was COVID um it's something I think in the back of my mind certainly I I'd always wanted to do but you know, we had settled, we had a house, you know, we'd bought a house and it just sort of felt like something that would never have happened. Um, and I think were it not for COVID, we probably wouldn't be in this position now with it happening. So, but that's my take on it. I don't know if Kyle might have a different, <laughs> different memory of it. Kyle, obviously you, you mentioned you've um, not really moved much in your life from um, within maybe a two hour radius of where you are now. When um, Lottie brought this up on one of those wonderful COVID walks that we were all allowed, um, how did you take the news, um, obviously being a bit more, I suppose, tied to where you are in the in the long term? How did you take it? Yeah, it's so funny because I always have, we, I think we've had a discussion about this before. My, my memory is that I made made the joke originally. Um, I guess it doesn't really matter who, who made the joke, but because we, we were driving, I, I, I remember it in my head, it we were driving me. to go for this walk. <laughs> And, and and we were just obviously feeling quite down at the time. I think, you know, obviously a lot of people went through highs and lows during that period. And I, I remember saying, oh, should we just move to Canada? Because my parents had gone to Canada a couple of years previously on holiday. And they always said to us, like, oh, you'd love it. You'd love it. You'd love it. Like, it's just so you, like, you'd really, really like it. But anyway, regardless of who, who said it, um, for me, it was it was always just a, a silly joke to, to start with. Um, and I remember us going on this walk. It was around this big lake, wasn't it, Lottie? I can't remember exactly where it was. Um, it was, yeah. But we... Would... I remember seeing a terrapin. That was, the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. And we were, we were just, like, looking... We were just walking around it, and we were, like, looking on our phones, like, looking at, like, what the work was like out there and just that sort of thing. Like, could we do our jobs over there and that sort of thing? But it was always like, for me, a real just, okay, yeah, like that's a a fun thing. Like you go on these walks and you have these sort of like, it's almost like the the conversation is like someone says, what would you do if you won the lottery? Oh, I'd love to do this and I'd love to do that. It was, it was as serious as that in my head. So to start with, it's, it's, it, it just wasn't, it wasn't a, it wasn't actually a thing that I thought we were going to do. It was just more of a, a fun conversation to have to, to sort of kill the time while we were going for a walk. What do you two both do for work? Sorry, um, Kai, what, what, what do um, you do? So I'm an analyst, um, a pricing analyst um, in motor insurance. Um, so it's a pretty transferable job to to a lot of different industries. Um, but basically my, my job is pricing and uh, pricing for van and motorbike insurance and uh, using data to work out the risks of different types of policies essentially so very exciting over my head but yes yeah, so something I can imagine would be in demand pretty much no matter where you go especially in such huge developed countries like yeah. Canada and uh, Lottie what about yourself what do you do 
I'm currently a project manager for an events exhibitions agency, um, though in the past I've been an event manager. So that would be that, you know, that's what I prefer doing. That's what I'm going to try and do when we go to Canada because everyone needs events. There's always stuff going on. <laughs> so I suppose, obviously, if you're looking at kind of moving and taking these leaps, there are certain like when people are looking to move, they'll either just go for fun. They'll live out of their wallet and their bank account. Some like myself will maybe go and just be a TEFL teacher or just become a teacher full time. Certain countries, like a lot of people looking for that long term move to places like Australia and Canada, that there are requirements and they usually let people in based on demand. But how did that go down with Canada? I know with Australia, there's a bit of a tiering and demand system. You get points based on what is the most in demand job role. But obviously, did you two at this, let's just call it the joke phase of Canada, the not so serious phase, did you? Lottie, did you did you lead primarily on looking if your jobs were easily transferable and that it was realistic to move over there long term? Yes, definitely. Um, as I said, I'm I, of the two of us, I'm the one that's much more impulsive. So I took this idea and I just ran with it. Um, and so I was looking into the visa requirements, like what do you need to do um, for it? So initially, we were looking at getting permanent residency. Um, it's also a points-based system and it's really hard to qualify for it because once you turn 30 you just lose loads of points and each year you are after 30 you just keep losing points um so it's based on your you know the work experience you have um your qualifications your age as I said um your English ability whether or not you can speak French. Um, I said, it's it's quite an involved process. Um, so we, on the website, they have a calculator. So you kind of put in all of your details and it tells you how many points you get. Um, and at the time we had 475 points with me as the lead applicant. I think it was like 460 with Kyle as the lead applicant. So we, you know, at the time that was a really good score, 475. Um, unfortunately, it isn't now since COVID. Um, but that's kind of why we then thought, okay, this is actually really doable. Not a lot of people qualify for it in this way. So maybe we should give it a try. Just a quick divert on that. Do either of you two speak French? Um, n- not well. I Yes and no. I've done Duolingo on and off for a couple of years, but put me in any situation where I'd have to actually speak French and I would just clam up. I'm much better at like reading and listening rather than speaking and writing. So basically... Sorry, long story short, not well enough for this test <laughs> that we would have had to do. I don't know do. if um, GCSEs are something you can brag about necessarily. I got an A in French at GCSE, but that was uh, 15 years ago now. <laughs> so it's... I mean, if any of that sticks up, that, that you know, mad respect for that. And so, Lothar, you went through, you did the application. How far did you get? Actually, no, let me ask this girl. When did you, I suppose, start taking it? I'm not saying you didn't take it seriously, but when did you start getting more and more involved and besides from Lottie just doing it yeah it's I don't know it's one of those things that I think probably crept up on me a little bit um where I think Lottie was probably doing this stuff and then she started talking to me about it and would be like I'd be oh okay this is like an actual this is a thing that you're taking seriously and I think that because we were both in a place in our lives where we were quite sort of we we weren't we weren't particularly like 
we, we didn't need to stay where we were we were kind of in jobs where we were like okay well we don't mind the work we do but we're not particularly thrilled by it we don't mind the place we live but we're not particularly thrilled by it I think after a, a little while I was actually doing the research and sort of saying hey this is something we could really do uh, I, I kind of as she said earlier Lottie is the impulsive one and I'm the one who kind of is almost the opposite of impulsive I I, I take things take things a bit too seriously sometimes and I'm a bit too adverse to taking any kind of risk at all so I do trust Lottie to make these sorts of decisions and 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 I'd sort of trust her instincts sometimes because I think if it wasn't for her I, I just would do nothing um so I think after a bit of research and Lottie sort of saying hey this is possible I thought you know what why why not I think the the, the place we were at that time uh sort of for physically and mentally meant that it was something that I was really open to um but we definitely went through or I certainly went through periods of time where it was definitely not going to happen and it definitely was going to happen and it, it it was a really gradual thing I don't think there was ever a point where it was just uh, a click and I was like oh yeah I'm on board I think it was definitely a, a, a gradual thing you say it was gradual were there these certain milestones that um, maybe Lottie was talking to you about that made you shift your thoughts on it a bit more was and if so do you remember what they were or was it just yeah yeah I think I was trying to be a bit more open to new opportunities and I think again with with the lockdown I think that was really the big catalyst for me is that I kind of could see how easily your freedom and and everything could be it could be lost and how easily and also and also the fact that you know we spent a lot of time not seeing our family and friends and doing things like this where we're not in the same room together right now we're chatting over the internet and that's something that we just never would do uh, four or five years ago and it was something that I began to think okay well actually I'm keeping up with my friends and family like this and it's it's not too bad I, why not you know why not why not just give this a go we, we both wanted to go traveling when we were you know 21 22 and we never did it and I think I think that sort of conversation just really helped convince me that this was something that would be a, a good idea really with a lot of people a lot of people picked up those kind of covid lockdown hobbies pastimes yeah. almost anything just to keep you sane and a lot of people, I mean, with myself included, I, I did I did have my, my highs, I had my lows, I had my slowdowns, I had my, my shifting into the second gear. But Lottie, if you were leading this, how did you keep that kind of momentum and energy going um, during kind of COVID and lockdown? And for a lot of people, it almost seemed like COVID and lockdown it was never going to end. But how did you keep that momentum going for this application and grand move? I think for me, when I kind of almost a bit like a dog with a bone I if I have something that I really want I just don't I don't let it go um it's almost becomes this like obsession where it's like I have to have this and I have to have it now and I think this is where Kyle and I actually like to you know go back to something he mentioned earlier balance each other out really well like I always say I'm the heart of our relationship and he's the brain because i you know, with Canada, for example, really just felt it. I would, I would get really upset every week when we weren't getting picked because, you know, because the draws had stopped. And um, I think that 
you know, Kyle helped me to balance that out a little bit because he's much more, um, he, it's the sanity check I think he gives me. Um, but I think it was just for me, just pure excitement of, you know, just living in a new place um, that just kept it going. Mm. Um, and yeah, this thing of like, this, I want this to happen now, um, which then of course was very frustrating for me when, uh, you know, it wasn't happening and, and we it did didn't lose happen for a long time. Down the line. Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. When you, when you say you lost momentum, was that was that purely from the draws or were there just days when I think like a lot of people did lock down, just make you just say, you know, bugger it, can't be bothered, just let, mm. let, let's, let's move on and survive? I would say that that for me was post-lockdown. I think the, moment, the loss of momentum for me came from the fact that this journey for us has been over like two, three years. Um, you know, I know that you had Ellie on a few weeks ago talking about her journey to Canada and that was very quick, all done really within the space of, you know, what was it, nine months to a year. Whereas for, for us, it has it was so long and drawn out with just mounting disappointment almost at each turn that we did have a massive loss of momentum, certainly last summer. Um, so summer of 2022 um, was very difficult. And that's when we decided ultimately we weren't going to do it. But I don't know if I'm jumping ahead a little, um, but certainly in that lockdown period that, you know, it was just like, full throttle I was in mentally I was living there I was just so you know and there was nothing that could deter me from that um I I try and keep diaries and journals and I kind of look back at all my entries <laughs> from that time and it's like oh my god I can't wait to go to Canada like here's this research I've done um which is cute looking back on it <laughs> I suppose that, that's quite a good moment for for you know show people somewhere down the line about this yeah sorry can I just quickly say something I think, the, go back to your question that you asked me a minute ago, um, I think that that's, that's what Lottie was just saying has sort of triggered a, a sort of understanding in my head of what happened. I think in lockdown, we were really isolated in our own little world. You know, it was just Lottie and me together and we weren't seeing any other, anyone else. We were just spending all our time together. So my whole life was just the two of us. So the idea of moving abroad didn't feel uh, as big of a deal to me, I guess, because we would still have that life together. It would just be the two of us, but we'd be somewhere else. But that's that's what we were doing. And then I think the momentum went when the world opened up again and we were going out and seeing people and I was going back into the office and everything sort of went back to normal. And I think then it was like, oh, OK, like this is what my life is. And I kind of I kind of had that. Um, thing of okay that was like a fun little idea when we were in lockdown but you know uh, work's going well and I'm seeing my friends and maybe I don't want to move away I think I think that's probably what it was I think the catalyst for me was was being in our own little own little bubble together and moving that bubble didn't feel like a big deal and then that bubble disappearing meant I I definitely got a bit of cold feet about it sorry to sorry to cut you off on your previous point but I think that's a better better way of putting it than my last answer (laughs) no I mean I think that's really good and it kind of ties into something that um I suppose is a bit a bit further in the timeline Lottie you mentioned to me when we kind of spoke earlier that obviously you got a new job in um, September of 22 and you something that um you you said that 
made me think, as you said, it was almost a hit home moment. And I think, as Kyle was saying, that that bubble and moving on. Um, when you got this new job, I think a lot of people go through these moments where you pause and almost take a stock check of your life. Is yeah. this what kind of happened last year for the both of you, I suppose? Yeah, certainly. Like, I think... Um you know, as I mentioned, last summer was very, very difficult for multiple reasons. But it was, for me, largely this feeling of being in stasis for so long. It felt like I had done nothing to move my life on or achieve anything new. Um, You know, we're so grateful that we can live with Kyle's parents. But of course, that comes with its challenges as well. And it felt like we were moving toward nothing and I personally find that very very difficult because I like to have an end goal of something I'm gonna do or you know achieve or whatever and so I think for me that was largely part of the decision to not go um, at that point because I just felt like I had to move my life on in some way and even at that point we both had a visa um but I just, I couldn't wait that long to go. I was like, I have to go now. I, I need to, something has to change. Something has to happen. And we made the decision to not go, to to focus on careers and be like, okay, well, if we can't do that now, then I can, you know, I can this evening put loads of CVs out and apply for loads of jobs. And that feels proactive. Um, and I think there was this sort of moment that I, you know, I got this job um and there was this sort of thing a couple of months in where I don't know maybe around Christmas I was just like oh oh we're like really not doing this okay and that didn't sit that well with me um I I don't know I just kind of felt really really sad that it was actually over and poor Kyle like throughout this has been having the worst whiplash from me being like we're going we're not going I want to go we don't want to go anymore um and so I kind of raised it again and I think he just had this like oh god here we go (laughs) um so but I think we I don't know it felt for me it felt like it really hit at that sort of time that it was over um and yeah that I I struggled with that a lot and it it felt it I don't know it sounds really dramatic to be like the dream had died but that's kind of how I felt yeah I think as well we'd so to sort of bridge the gap I I don't know if you wanted to go in a bit more detail about how this um uh, this sort of this like couple of years happened um but we'd do, do you do you want to go into that should I go into that now sort of how we got from selling the house to where we yeah I was I was going to mention obviously you had you're living with um your with your parents now and uh Kyle but obviously one of the big life changes that anyone has to do before they move they have to make sure they don't have any I suppose ties any anything holding them back and one of them being um owning a home which you two did as a married couple and you sold it in 2021 so um successfully because that, that's obviously when the UK had a wonderful stamp duty holiday and um it was quite quick for people to move you sold the home and uh, because at this time frame houses were moving so quick um as Kyle how, how did how did this move the plans along did it put things on pause did you have to shift into a fifth gear or did it hit you as like a bit of a panic just that the house is sold it's time to move yeah, it went so quickly and it was just like, a, 
it actually really strangely like at the time it just felt like that was when we were in one of these periods of time we were in this mental phase of like we're doing it we're going like there's nothing that's going to stop us the house when we we weren't um the house was was lovely but we weren't we weren't a hundred percent in love with it um and we were quite happy to just get out and go and in our heads we were going to be like we'll be in my parents at six months to a year max um we've been here for two years (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah it was like we were just in this frame of mind of like we're gonna get out we'll move into my parents we'll save the reason we did that was to save a bit of money obviously um and then obviously have no ties here either you know having a mortgage for example means that you're a bit stuck with it so get rid of that um so that that part of it was was great actually and I think it felt like we were really making like some great progress towards our goals um and 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 for a couple of months it was like that and then I'm t- I can't exactly remember the sort of timeline on, on where we were toing and froing I think because this is when we were still doing the PR application wasn't it Lassie? Yes I think it was yeah. So that was um a bit more involved it was still during Covid or during the sort of like not a proper was it a full lockdown I can't remember exactly how locked down we were I think it was um one of the one of the many phases um but we were doing yeah. you know going out and doing an English test and had to do all these sorts of things that we don't have to do for the 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 work visa that we've we've got you're talking about this timeline of the house and still doing your PR application um I suppose it would be good to take a step back um Lottie you kind of dived into this first what was the kind of initial bulk of paperwork and pro- what was the process? What was the visa application like for the, um, the PR visa? Yeah, so to apply for PR, um, and also if anyone's listened to this and thinking of doing it, please do check this all bit just to make, in case I've got any elements wrong, because this is just relying on my memory. So disclaimer. Um, so basically with PR, you have to make your profile. So you have a lead applicant. So in our situation, it was me. And then Kyle was like down as my spouse. So it would be coming along with me on my visa. Um, and you have to build your profile, which includes putting in, um, oh, sorry, go on, Kyle. I say, and that's because you had a um, postgraduate qualification, which which gave you more points. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's all about who is more, quote unquote, valuable to their economy. <laughs> you know, who's going to get the most points. So allegedly, as someone that's got like postgrad <laughs> education, I would be more desirable for their, as I said, allegedly. Um, but anyway, so um, you build your profile. So you have to, first of all, have all your qualifications translated. So we had to apply to the World Education Services um, and send off our university transcripts to have them kind of like translated into Canadian qualifications um so that cost I feel like that cost us around about 300 pounds I want to say each to do that um so that was no, the first thing so we did know. that that's still valid for five not 300 quid I f- it was definitely there was a cost in- <laughs> I can't remember I don't know it seems like a lot but maybe I don't Look, know. we were crazy with this Kyle we just yeah. went for it we just we just went yeah. <laughs> again please do check that <laughs> maybe it wasn't three inches I don't know but um so anyway so yeah we did that that's actually still valid for um 
a certain amount of time so that's still useful so that's not you know totally wasted so we did that put our qualifications in we then also have to do an English test so there's a few different ones you can do we went with one called IELTS which I think is quite a common one that a lot of people that do this sort of visa and look for other countries as well do so we had to um and we had to really study for this because it's it's you have to do a reading writing speaking and listening um exam and it all happens in one place we went to Brighton to go and do it and that was in the middle of lockdown because I remember um there's a really really busy main road in Brighton right on the seafront and it's always chocolate block and I just remember us both walking down the middle of the road and there was no cars it was almost a bit like you know ghost town it was really surreal um but yeah so we had to do this test we had to really study for it because you know of course as native English speakers we can both speak and write and that sort of thing and do that quite well but you know when was the last time you wrote a formal letter like it was all these things and um so we had to it was it was learning how to answer the questions in the test rather than learning how to speak or write or read English it was that sort of thing um so we did that we got our grades I did better than Kyle (laughs) just to put that out there um though I didn't do well in the speaking though which was really odd but anyway um so we did that put that all in um and then from there that was our profile done so we could that gave us our points that was confirmed 475 points um and then we just had to wait for the draws at the time literally like the month before we did our exam because I know the exam was the last thing we were waiting on um literally the month before they were still doing draws really regularly and I think they happened like every week and then they just stopped um, what would have happened is had we been picked, we would have had to then go and get like a police search, much like you do for the um, working holiday. Uh, we would have had to have had a full physical, um, you know, medical test from one of their certified, um, you know, certified doctors. And again, that has a cost attached to it. Um, it And it's a very long process as well. So it's ironically called express entry is the type of visa, but um it's it's taking I mean at the time when we were looking at it it was taking sort of like up to a year for people to have this visa processed Um, but what they did basically with the draws is they stopped drawing anybody that wasn't already in Canada so they have different classes of this visa ours was the foreign skilled worker class um, for express entry but they stopped all draws for that and just went for the Canadian experience class which is people that have got Canadian work experience so I don't know if that sums that up um it's as I said, it's quite an involved process, and the oh, and I didn't mention either the cost to, <laughs> um, the cost to actually apply. So once you've been picked and you've been submitting everything, you then actually have to pay the cost, the application cost for the visa, which was would have been over a thousand pounds. So this is like serious stuff, um, and as I said, we decided to go for it because we it's really hard to qualify for. I mean, I don't know how it is now because I don't keep up with it as much, but. Um, you know we kind of just thought at the time like let's just go with it Um, and if we can get it great and you know went from there really so but yeah that sort of is it in a nutshell but again please do check that (laughs) if you're wanting to do that yourself (laughs) I'm sure everyone will be be googling it for fact checks don't worry Um, (laughs) yeah you were talking about qualifications being more kind of valuable to the economy Um, what other factors they they put in place so they taken anything else that you could you know 
like applying for university, you can get anything on UCAS points to try and up your points to make you look more inviting to a university. Was yeah. there anything you looking through it or Kyle, was there anything that you were looking at for homework that you could do to help give yourself an extra 10 points? Become fluent in French was like the the one thing that just absolutely yeah. nails it. You get so many De- points exactly. for that, but it's yeah. quite difficult to do. <laughs> It is. And also as well, it's worth mentioning that the secondary person on the application for that type of visa only gets like a maximum of, I don't know, 50 extra points. So for Kyle's side of it, they only took into account his um, age, uh, highest qualification level and how many years of what they refer to as foreign work experience. Um, so had I you know, been able to do the French test, then that would have given us more points, but there wouldn't be a lot that the secondary person could have done um, to up it. So I think the only other, th- the only two things that we can do are, as I said, go and do a French test, much like the English IELTS test. It's a French version. Um, mm-hmm. So do that and do well in it, or um, have I Canadian think you work get experience points for your actual job here yeah, as well. Which... So depending on what your job here is and how much experience you have here, there I think there's possibly different point systems. Um, and then I guess the only other thing is how old you are, but you know, that's hard to, hard to change or hard to get younger unless you're yeah. Benjamin Button. Can't really. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> yeah, um, that, that's a whole, whole other problem for people to be looking at. Another quick thing in terms of how life would be, it probably doesn't matter much in terms of the qualification, but do you two hold, both hold a full like UK license yeah. Yeah, we both do. to drive? Sorry. Yeah. And that's quite, you can just swap that in Canada, I believe. I'm pretty sure, I mean, this could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure you can just go and swap it over and you don't have to do a driving test. But again, that could be wrong. So please, somebody fact check that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe just worth checking. I mean, you're semi-confident on that, Lottie. What side of the road do they drive on in Canada? Uh, (laughs) You got me on the spot. Left? (laughs) No, right. (laughs) That's just getting your left and right, though, isn't it? Well, the other there? side, the other, yeah, the other side to what we do now. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's always the trick one. Yeah. If, if you're English, it's always the other side of the road. So. Yes. And then, obviously, you, you, you apply for these visas. You've got your profiles done, and they stopped doing the draws. Um, they did, How yeah. long were the draws on hold for? Oh, like, well over a year. It, yeah, they essentially oh. just stopped. So actually what happened is our IELTS exam expired. Um, You know, had, of course, we known this would happen, we would have not done it. But the, I think they're only valid for two years. So it it has now expired. Um, So yeah, it's a shame really, but they they held off the drawers for a really long time. Um, Kyle, obviously we, uh, earlier on Lottie mentioned that you were kind of the, the, say the brains of the ship, Lottie's the heart. With um, Lottie putting in so much work and so much effort and so much passion into this, only for those, those pesky Canadians to stop um, the application, the, the, the draw process, um, what, what was your kind of reaction as obviously a, a loving husband? But was there a plan of, okay, maybe we try a different holiday coming out of COVID? Or what was what did you know that Lossie was heart set on Canada? Yeah, well, we did look into other options. Um, Lottie was born in Australia, 
Um, so we did think, oh, great. Like, why don't we try, why don't we try that instead? And um, the, the weird thing is, 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 is it's something to do with um, the time she left. I can't remember exactly how it works, but uh, basically, even though she was born there, she doesn't have any sort of, um, you know, Lottie's got as much um, ability to, to move to Australia as, as you or I. Um, and uh, moving to Australia is actually really tricky. So we did look into that. But actually, despite being born there, we, we didn't we'd have to go through exactly the same process as anyone else who'd want to move. And, and that's really difficult, um, which is when we started looking into the, the working visa, which is which is what we're going to be, spoiler alert, going over on. <laughs> so well, you mentioned Australia, born there, moved over to England when we were four or five, as the numbers will go with. Didn't want to go for a whole application, but... Was there also another discussion potentially about just taking a year out and maybe traveling East Asia, just traveling to America? Or was was the goal, was it and always will it be relocate and just, you know, start your life somewhere else? So that that was a discussion as well. So we, you know, with um, there's lots of kind of traveling companies and tour companies, and we actually looked at taking literally all the money we'd saved to move to another country and booking like around the world trip and which this sounds very ungrateful because that's a wonderful privilege to be able to do that but it just didn't excite either of us in the same way it was just this thing of like you know oh well I guess we could do that and I think the experience of actually like living somewhere else for an extended period of time is some is what we both wanted to get out of this you know out of this whole thing is actually you know moving your life there and not coming back to England so soon you know the jury's out on whether or not we'll stay there forever you know if we can but I think just yeah that actual like living and working in another country is what we really wanted rather than like an extended holiday. Moving forwards obviously 2022 was kind of that year of stock checking settling into your lives like I think a lot of people 2022 was that year I think a lot of people took stock and 23 is the year that from what I've experienced with a lot of people is the year of traveling it's the year of change yeah and you guys obviously you know big step in the whole journey was you took a trip to Canada but not obviously not because I'm talking to you from England it was just a (laughs) short-term trip how did that come about um, well, do you want yeah, me to answer so... that, Kyle? Oh, definitely you. Who who, who spurred on the idea? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always me. <laughs> well, it's always, but so so, Kyle, when when Lottie spurred on the idea of taking just a trip to Canada, what was your reaction? Yeah, I mean, I loved it because I thought it was a really good idea. We had been on and off about the whole. Uh, thing so by this point we had gone through our working holiday visa application we'd have been accepted we've been offered the visa and um, I got accepted first I actually got my visa accepted on my 30th birthday um, and this is a uh, a visa which you're only uh, able to apply for up until you're 30 so it's right right at the end sort of right in the cusp of this uh, cusp of this visa but yeah, so I got this thing on my 30th birthday, and the which is the 4th of March, which is important. Um, and the visa is valid for a year. 
so we basically had until the 4th of March or the 3rd of March, 4th or 3rd of March, don't know how it works. But anyway, we had a year, so 2023, which obviously has gone past now, um, to go to Canada and activate this visa. So at the point that we received the visa, that was very exciting and we sort of were, but we were still, we'd been off and on about it, about whether we were going to go. And I think sort of autumn into winter time in 2022, we weren't really sure if we were going to go or not. Um, we'd been living with my parents at that point for about a year and a half. Um, and I think we were just at a point in our lives where we were, you know, we're very grateful for, for them giving us, the, you know, this space and this opportunity to live here and save so much money. Um, but we were getting to a point where we really just needed to, to have our own space. And we were thinking, OK, well, let's just move out back out and potentially just you know buy, buy a house again where where we were living before um and Lottie said okay well if we're gonna do that we should just book a trip to Canada we could even maybe at first we talked about okay we'll scrap the moving there idea but we'll take like three months out and we'll just go and travel around in Canada and I thought okay yeah maybe and then we decided against that. Um, and when we decided against that, Lottie said, OK, well, why don't we go on holiday there before the visa is um, up so we can have it? We'll have two years of visa. Um, and, you know, it's a nice holiday to go on. Vancouver's a beautiful place. And I thought, yeah, that's a really great idea. And so we booked the holiday to Vancouver in I feel like it was November, December last last year. It was quite soon before. And we, yeah. Yeah. And to be honest with End you, of last year. going definitely did make our minds up 100%. But I think even before we got there, we were so excited by the idea. We just thought, yeah, we're definitely, definitely going to go. We're definitely going to do this. Um but we, yeah, we went. We basically went in February in order to activate the visas. We weren't in a position that we could move in in February anyway. We had a few things here that we we wanted to get sorted and um, complete before we we left England. But yeah, we we just went over to activate the the visa. But we just totally fell in love with it when we were there. How the two of you, um, you probably both knew instinctually, but which one of you turned to the other first and said, "Let's do it. Let's move." Oh, that's such a good question. I'm not even sure a conversation needed to be had. No. You, you, you say the instinctive thing. It was, it was that, wasn't it? It was, yeah. And I think that's when you know it's the right thing to do. No, totally. And I think as well, having been um, together 10 years, like we can just read each other so well. I, I remember, I think one of the really, like a major memory I have of it was um, on our first night. So the, the jet lag going to Vancouver for us was awful. And we woke up at um, 2 a.m. and just didn't go back to sleep on our first night. And we were waiting for a coffee shop to open. Um, went, <laughs> went to a Tim Hortons and it wasn't the best experience because it was a 24-hour one. Unfortunately, we booked an Airbnb that wasn't in the best part of town. 
and I was just like oh god like this why have we done this this is really stressful and then we got some breakfast and went onto the roof of our building so it had this like roof garden kind of terrace bit and watched the sunrise like over the mountains and it was just the most like I can't even explain it picturesque just incredible moment um I you know I've never seen mountains like that before and it was just stunning like it really was an incredible place it's funny because people who've been to Vancouver are like oh you'll love it it's amazing and I'm like well it's just the city like why would you love it so much it's just the city but it's I can't even explain like it was just an amazing place um and I think from that moment I was just like I cannot wait to come back here we were both so sad weren't we Kyle on our last day I think I cried when we had to leave (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah. (laughs) did you start looking at coming back before even leaving Canada did you already pull up like your your old spreadsheets and start looking at okay when can we feasibly move was that already happening absolutely yeah absolutely we'd made a decision that we were going to move so we're actually moving on the 1st of June um and we'd made that decision already because um so I'm doing the London Marathon this year which is at the end of April and also I'm doing a course um so event management like postgrad course that's I that I have a deadline that has to be done here at like mid-May so for me we couldn't really move much earlier um I mean if Kyle got a job and wanted to go over there now like he absolutely could um which I'm not against either it's just you know whatever the right time is but so we'd made that decision it was going to be the first of June and I think it was the weekend after we got home we booked our flight back um and it was like official and it was done Gosh, that, that's really quick. So you book a holiday in November of 22, you go on holiday in February of 23, and then almost immediately you book moving there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's funny because I'd spoken to my manager at work um, maybe towards the end of summer um, last year. And I'd said to him, because sort of glossed over it earlier, but this whole idea of going for like three months was a pretty serious consideration where we were going to just go over and travel. And I'd spoken to him and my work offer a sort of uh, sabbatical thing. So I've been there for, I've been to the same place for, for almost 10 years. So they they would be able to give me sort of three months unpaid leave and I could just come back. And I've spoken to him and I said, oh, I'm thinking about doing this. Um, you know, we'd applied for these visas a couple of years ago, but we decided against it. And I just wanted to t- see if I'd be able to take three months unpaid leave. And he was like, yeah, that's fine. And then I sort of came back, like I don't know, a couple of weeks later and said, oh, we're not actually going to do that anymore because we sort of, this is when we've gone through this period of like thinking we're just going to move out and, and stay in England. Um, and then a couple of months later, <laughs> we booked the holiday. And I, I really think in our heads, literally the moment we booked the flights, we might not have said this verbally, but in our head, we booked the flights and we were like, we're, we're probably going to move. Yeah. I think it was just that action of booking the flight. I don't know, made the whole thing feel a bit less scary. Um, I Yeah, I can't really explain it. As I said, we just sort of knew we were going to go. There is always that feeling as soon as you take that first hurdle and the fir- first leap that is the catalyst for everything mm-hmm. else that will follow is booking the flight because um, a lot of people just get put off by a flight cost initially, don't they? Yeah, yeah. But no, totally, yeah. 
if you're moving in June, um, Kyle, what what did you what did you say to work when you went back to them and said, yes, we're not going for three months, potentially going there for a year or longer. Um, I don't suppose there's a sabbatical in place for that, is it? Or if, um, yeah. well, yeah. So interestingly, um, they do offer under some circumstances career breaks up to two years at my place. But it's it's I think it's generally more for if you're going to be out of work for for any particular reason and you, you just you want to be able to technically hold on to your job, but you're not going to be able to work. I don't think it's really for people who are just going and moving away. Um, but I had I actually had the conversation with my manager uh, on Wednesday, just gone. And it's sort of not come up again because, you know, when we booked a holiday to Canada, it was almost like a oh, we're not moving there or we're not trying to travel there, but we've always wanted to visit. So we're, we're going to go away for a couple of weeks. And then we came back when we booked the flights and we booked the Airbnb and all of that sort of thing to go back in June. I thought, OK, I'm going to have to <laughs> speak to the work again now. And, and to be fair, we're not going till June. So I'd given them enough, enough um, notice, more than enough notice. But I just sort of said to, said to my manager that we, we went out in February we absolutely loved it we've got these visas um, and uh, we're going to go and, and to be fair they, they, he was really really supportive and really happy for me so that that went absolutely fine um, yeah it went really well and uh, uh, Lofty what about you you mentioned you're doing a course are you doing a course full-time or are you working alongside your studies so I work full-time and then I study the course I'm doing the course in my spare time um and also like doing all this running so I'm just like Kyle can vouch I'm just so busy all the time having to split my time between it but um I've I've told my work as well I had the conversation with them a couple of weeks ago or a week ago um and I've opted to give two months notice we're we're about to go into a really busy period with lots of events and lots of like you know client functions that are happening so um I just wanted to let them know kind of before that because trying to recruit during next month would just be I think impossible if they didn't know in ahead like in advance so um but yeah again took it really well I think generally most people that we tell have just you know been nothing but supportive I think it's something everyone's like that's such an incredible thing I think especially as well I don't like Kyle I don't know if you've kind of found this but a lot of our friends where we're you know where we're now 30 like 31 a lot of our friends are really settling and having children and you know we're just kind of not there and I think it's what I'm really proud of us for is I guess just making our own path you know we're kind of going against what you should do and just thinking, actually, do you know what? We don't want to necessarily do that right now. So we're going to, you know, uproot ourselves, sell our house, do the opposite of everything you should do, and then just move to the side of the world. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it's probably a more exciting thing to do than um, being stuck here. <laughs> um, and I suppose looking at it, with a place like Canada, I think a lot of people kind of take it... I, I don't know if some people take, tend to take it a bit more seriously. Some people don't take it so seriously. When you move, you say you go traveling or you go, or you just move in general to a, a very city scope based country, somewhere like Canada, people who move to obviously Australia as well, or maybe to America or certain parts of Europe with, um, with that, you're, are you both moving to Toronto or is it Vancouver you're looking to, to move to permanently? 
So we're starting off in Toronto <clears throat> and we've got a Airbnb booked there for three months. Um, again, just going back to Ellie's podcast. So we we know each other through Ellie, right? So we're, you know, we're both good friends of Ellie. Um, I lived with her at uni for a year and we've just kept in touch ever since. Um, and, you know, she was going to be in Toronto. So we thought, oh, why don't we just move in together um, for the start? So we've got our Airbnb booked for three months. Um, and from there, we'll either decide to, you know, if we really like Toronto, continue on there or we'll make the decision to go back to Vancouver. Um, I personally would love to live in Vancouver because I really want to learn how to snowboard. I've never, you know, gone skiing or snowboarding before. Um, and what I loved about it was we literally, when we stayed there, we literally got a bus from our Airbnb in Vancouver, literally to the mountain. Um, and it was so easy and so simple. And I just, I want to be able to do that like every weekend, um, I just, I just, I said, I've never seen mountains like that. And I just absolutely loved like being on top of it. <laughs> it was amazing. So, um, but I'm not, you know, I'm not closed minded about Toronto. Um, I think it's going to be very different, but I'm really excited to see what it has to offer and what is to be discovered there because, you know, Canada is such a huge country and really Vancouver and Toronto are like, if you look at it on the map, these tiny little specks in such a vast thing. So mm. there's just going to be so much to explore and discover. Lottie, I can kind of gather that you're, you're quite outdoorsy. You love your running, obviously doing the London Marathon. All the best for that, by the way. I can imagine that's going to Thank be Thank you. <laughs> um, Kyle, are you much of an outdoorsman yourself? Um, again, I don't know too much about Canada, but when I think of it, there's a lot of lakes, uh, maple trees and oak tree forests and mountains. And it just looks very cold and outdoorsy. Um, are you very outdoorsy? Yeah, I think I'm probably the, the more outdoorsy one of the two of us, to be honest. Um, mm, I, I'm, definitely. <laughs> despite Lottie doing the London Marathon, I'm, I'm the runner of the two of us. Um, and I love I love running. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. Um, and I love trail running as well. And I think Canada looks uh, amazing for that sort of thing. Um, the the only difference is you don't have to sort of look out for bears and coyotes in <laughs> in England and I think it's a bit more of that in in Canada um so yeah I think I'm quite outdoorsy I'm, I'm not you know as much as as much as some people but I, I'm definitely uh, a big runner um and a big sort of hike, like I really like hiking and uh, in a place like that it's just such a, a, a beautiful place it's um it's just very easy to spend a lot of time outdoors so I think that's something that I'm really excited about yeah and be, being obviously from England we've, we've had a bit of a miserable winter um you're obviously going in June Canada what what is I'm completely ignorant of Canada what kind of weather <laughs> are you expecting when you arrive there in June going through the summer are you looking for short and t-shirt weather yeah we are it's oh be... for sure so I'm going to well, I was going to say Toronto is like a city of extremes. So from what I know about it, they don't really have a, a spring and an autumn in the same way that we do. Um, they have very, very hot, humid summers and then like minus 20 winters. Um, Vancouver's much more mild. So Vancouver's climate is a bit more like England. Um, a lot of rain. Um, people call it Raincouver. But Toronto is much more extreme. I think being on the East Coast um of of the country they 
I don't know if it's like they get the weather harsher there or it comes down maybe more from you know the upper territories which are like really icy um but yeah Toronto is I'm I'm just bracing myself they have actually like um like a whole kind of underground city network um so kind of like you know our tube stations in London for example but you can walk through them all um and there's like shops and there's businesses that you know you can work there and stuff just because it's so cold and I was actually reading an article about it and I think there's this term about being like a mole person because you can you can go from your apartment to work underground and then back to your apartment and kind of never really go outside um so I think yeah it's it's super interesting as I said but it's just because it's so cold there again that's my understanding anyone that's actually from Canada and has a different view of that then like you know write in let us know <laughs> um but that's my <laughs> that's my understanding of it so and I don't do well in the cold um so I'm very interested to see how this winter's going to go if we are going to stay in Toronto that does sound incredibly fascinating if a little bit apocalyptic of living underground but... <laughs> yeah quite <laughs> and I suppose did you two have much experience? Oh, you didn't. You haven't been to Canada before. Um, not not many big travels. What was your What was your grasp of Canada as um, two people, pretty much living in England most of your lives? Uh, Kyle, what, what did you think as the, uh, the the born and raised in England? What was your What was your grasp and thoughts of Canada? And yeah, I mean, I think probably when we first started this whole journey, um, it was probably very similar to yourself um you know you kind of you think maple trees and nice lakes and that's kind of all you know and you know that that does that is a big big thing that is actually a big part of it i mean you know some of the lakes are really really amazing places to go and visit and that is something that i'm really looking forward to but just to start with i definitely didn't have a lot of knowledge about it and sometimes i tell people or when I've told people like, oh yeah, we're going to move to Canada, and they're like, oh amazing, like have you been there before? No. Oh right, what are you going to do there? Oh, I don't really know. Nope. <laughs> um, so it does. It does. <laughs> that is literally how it goes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and it, and it's only, I mean, it was spurred on because just everyone we've ever met who's been there is just like it is just the most amazing place in the world. You'll love it. And as we said earlier, it started as a, just a bit of a joke, and then we just did more and more research into it and we just thought oh wow this just looks like such an amazing beautiful place and it would be viable for us to live there so yeah to start with I had I had really very little knowledge of, of what it was like um but I definitely think from from what we've learned about it and what we've seen while we were over there um it was it definitely suits us suits us a lot well you Lossie um what was your initial thoughts of Canada and that whole expectation versus reality? What were you expecting from Canada and what was the reality of it? I think the expectation, yeah, I think it really just matched up, honestly. Um, you know, people say like Canadian people are so nice, like spoiler alert, Canadian, Canadian people are so nice. You know, people would really just chat to us. I'm so sorry. Hang on. Kyle, you might have to take this. I've already answered this question, Lottie, so I don't know if I can take this bit. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh god I'm sorry I can't even get the words out sorry <clears throat> well I'll, I'll let you I'll let you clear because um, I think I know what you're kind of going into <laughs> what, what I was having a look into obviously kind of moving to Canada 
and just a few of the little bits. A lot of the appeal is, especially for um, British people, it feels very, as you said, there's not much culture shock. It feels oddly close to home. It's got, yeah. a, um, it's got a fantastic healthcare system um, comparative to the NHS and how things work here with their healthcare. They've got a really yeah. good education and um, there's even a few of their perks. Like some people say it feels a lot safer than it does living in certain in London primarily. But then yeah. the, the people itself, um, Canadians, endlessly polite. I think when looking at it, they were, you know, they were second only to the Scandinavian for being so polite and happy, which is... Um, which e- is everybody a- was so nice, like everyone we spoke to. I think as well, it's worth noting that, you know, Vancouver, but also like especially Toronto are settler cities. So there's this thing of it kind of feeling home away from home. And that's because there are huge communities within these cities of like, you know, British people. I mean, Kyle found... Um, for I don't know whether he wants me to name his football team he follows or not but found a pub and a supporters club made up of British people that have moved there um you know just about any type of food you can find there's all these little villages of different communities and cultures and it's just it's a really multicultural place which I think really helps you to feel quite at home there straight away because like you can find um you know your people you can find people that you as well as meeting loads of amazing new people, but you find, you know, others that are similar to you. Yeah, you... Sorry, one second. Yeah, definitely to your point, I... Oh. <laughs> no, please, Kyle. I say definitely to your point, Greg, I, um, what, what you said, you know, about about the education and health service and things like that, those were things that I was aware of um, before we were doing this sort of application. And that is definitely something that, you know, made me feel a lot more comfortable with it because, again... You know, I'm I'm the I'm the less risk takey one. It's uh it's nice to sort of move somewhere that okay, we're doing a big jump and doing something quite scary, but at least it's still quite similar in certain ways to, to what we're used yeah. to. Um I don't want to be like kind of putting uh leading you to anywhere, but obviously as a married couple potentially looking to move, did the conversation come up at all about if you do settle there? You know, let's just say fat raising a family out in Canada and obviously with their education, <laughs> their health care and a general way. Has that conversation happened? If it hasn't, we'll leave it at that because I know that. Oh, no, <laughs> definitely. I mean, Kyle, if you don't mind me sharing, I always <laughs> joke about our Canadian baby. Um, but I think it's the uh, I, I don't I don't. I think it's just one of those things where it will we'll just have to see how it is at the time. Um, you know, we're both sort of on the fence about it still. I think really it will depend on um, jobs. I think, you know, Canada is, I would say it's kind of like, kind of like diet America. So it's like a lot of things that, um, you know, are, you know, for example, America's healthcare system, their annual leave, like there's quite a lot of things that have kind of gone to Canada, but not quite as bad. Um, so for example, like maternity and paternity leave in Canada really isn't as good as what you would get in England or Europe. Um, and as I said, it's not even saying that this is going to happen for us, but it's something definitely we've looked into because you, you know, if you're going to settle your life there for, you know, it's something that you want to know your options if it were to come to that. You need to go in there with all potential avenues ticked and checked, I suppose. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And obviously, Ellie, um, as we mentioned, she's going there for a year. 
maybe more. We'll see what happens with Ali. Um, kind of a similar view <laughs> could be there, yeah, could be two, could be three, could be more. Um, you mentioned you're going to be there in Toronto in your Airbnb for three months. Um, have you got a plan much after that, or is it still kind of playing it by ear, potentially with Vancouver, Toronto? Do you have a rough roadmap in place? Uh, not, not, not especially. It's, oh, um, it's a tough one, really, um, because <laughs> I think a big part of it is is knowing, you know, experiencing uh, the first three months and and seeing if we if we love it or if we hate it or what kind of work we're doing when we're there as well. If we get jobs that we really love and we love the city, then yeah, we probably look to stay on. Um, I know, I know for certain, Lottie really, really wants to to move over towards Vancouver, um, and. Uh, I'm a little bit more, I think, open to just seeing how it goes in Toronto. Um, but yeah, it's a tough one. We don't have anything solid in place yet, um, but that's because we don't have work set up yet. We don't have, um, we just we just don't know how much we'll like it. So I think it's I think it's tricky, but I think we're really open to to what the next steps will be, aren't we? Mm, yeah, definitely. I think we are both going in just trying to keep an open mind I think you know I'm not even necessarily too stressed about getting a job before we go um because I just you know I don't know necessarily where we're going to be living in relation to where an office would be or anything like that um I definitely like the idea of being in Vancouver because it opens up really like the west side of America for us you know there's lots of bucket list places like Yosemite and you know going down to like San Francisco and you know that sort of area places we've never been um you know I've been to New York City Kyle you've been to Florida before but that's all we've explored of America and you know we want to be able to like from Vancouver you can drive to Seattle and it you know it's literally you just go you just go south (laughs) and you get there um and so I think that's why I definitely would like to spend some time on that side just because like it opens up just more places we can explore whilst we're there i wouldn't blame you if there was an opportunity to i suppose drive across the border into a different country apart from wales yeah that that would be something <laughs> to do. and i suppose as you said go to seattle i mean as as rainy as seattle says i mean it you know for a lot of people it's the birthplace of grunge so it's um it's quite a sight and yeah. starbucks so it's fantastic but um yes you, you mentioned <laughs> I've been told by a friend that the first ever Starbucks is there and you have to go. Yeah. <laughs> I just think of when I when I hear Seattle, I just think of The Last of Us 2. It's actually, it's funny that you called me outdoorsy earlier because I'm actually a huge gamer. So I'm looking forward to being somewhere where I can be more outdoorsy and not sit and playing games all the time. <laughs> the, the grunge thing is more for me for Seattle. <laughs> yeah. If you go near Kurt Cobain's place, let me know. And likewise, I don't know how much of a gamer you are, Lottie, but if you happen to go anywhere near a Starbucks or the Seattle Needle from Infamous Games, or again, yeah. I'm a huge fan of The Last of Us as well. Mm. Looking forward to seeing those and making me jelly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you a picture. <laughs> oh, please do. Please do. Spur on my um, vicarious living through you. <laughs> talk, talk about jobs um obviously big thing you've got as you mentioned you've you've saved up money from your time living um what you with your parents kyle but i think when you're going there same discussion with ellie um have you been reaching out to like agencies work or like a lot of people that i've been speaking to are looking to move to australia they tend to look for like bar work and hospitality and then make for a bit of a steady income to then move into that profession 
Is that a similar route to what you two are taking with Canada, or are you still on the job hunt until you know crossing that's, the finish line? That's sort of what I'm thinking of doing. Um, I've worked at the same place for a really long time, and I think it'd be for me. I'm quite interested in just sort of doing some casual work and and just sort of playing it by ear and seeing where it goes from there. Um, I've not been in touch with any recruiters yet, and obviously if the right job came up, I would. I'd, look to do it but you you lot of um you've been in touch with a recruiter haven't you um yes i have so i've been in touch with um a really amazing chap called troy um at the moment it's still a little early to be really going for jobs because we're still not going for two months and i also don't want to start work straight away um i'd like to have a few weeks to um you know explore and I just it's that balance between I want to find a job that's going to help progress my career um, because I've not been in my current job that long. So I'd like to kind of get, you know, a good year somewhere if I can. Um, But equally, I just don't want to tie myself down straight away because I, you know, the benefit of moving to another country is being able to explore it. And I, I don't want to get sucked into a nine to five straight away. You know, even if you're working from home, you still having to work it's not you know you couldn't sit in a car for eight hours because you wouldn't have like you know internet to be I mean I suppose unless you're hot spotting but the phone plans aren't that great out there so um but I <laughs> um yeah I, I think I'm just yeah open to playing it by ear I think um I mean I will put feelers out more like as we get closer to it but I'm not too stressed on it right now and I suppose with this recruiter, just for anyone, anyway, did you find this recruiter through um, just a Google search, LinkedIn, or is there are there some other resources out there for people? Um, so I actually found them through Ellie uh, because she's been very proactive on the job hunt. Um, but so, yeah, LinkedIn is a really good resource. Um, I've actually re-upped my premium subscription just to like connect with more people because it kind of opens up a bit more for you. Um, But yeah, LinkedIn is a fab one, like Google searches as well. I mean, I've just been looking for um, like kind of identifying companies that I would quite like to work for. Uh, So there's, they have this thing called Fan Expo, which is kind of like, kind of like Comic-Con here. Um, And I would love to work for something like that. So it's then, you know, thinking about places you might like to work and actually searching for specific companies and then going on their website and seeing what jobs they have. Um, As it happens, Fanexpo are hiring for a, uh, like, event manager. So you never know. We'll see. But, yeah. (laughs) 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 Yeah, let me know. Yeah. (laughs) Eager gamer, ready to get ready for the Fanexpo. Sorted. (laughs) (laughs) And... So going to it, looking to enjoy everything, make the most. Obviously, going around Toronto, what what have you got on your on your list already for those first three months? Um, besides potentially just looking for a few work to help get a bit of spending money. Um, Carl, um, you're an avid outdoorsman as well, and and the runner of the two. Um, where have you got um, your own bucket list of obviously things that perhaps more interest you more? Uh, it's almost like I asked you to ask that question. Um, yeah, there's a um, there's a, a 50k ultra um, in Niagara that I'm that it's about two three weeks after we arrive, um, and I'm planning on doing that. So Niagara Falls is literally like an hour and a half drive from Toronto, um, and you start at the top of Niagara. You run 25 kilometers down to the falls and then back. Um, 
and as I said earlier, I, I love I love running. Um, I've never done a 50k before, but um, the idea of doing that to Niagara Falls, I mean, yeah, I, for, for me, running is all about the scenery, and I just can't think of a better scenery than that. So that I haven't signed up for it yet, but that's um, definitely definitely on the bucket list. And then you get to tick off Niagara Falls uh, as well. So that's something I'm really, really excited about. And Lottie and, and I and Ellie are, are planning a trip trip there um, for a weekend when I do that. Wow. And Lottie, are you going to be sat with Ellie just kind of watching Kyle run or are you going to be getting involved? Yeah, so we're going to do the cheer squad. I think for me, um, because I'm I'm not a runner at all, um, just to like just a backstory on the marathon. I know nobody asked for it, but... Um, Kyle and I both applied at the same time like Kyle like is an amazing runner and is took you know got really into it in lockdown um and we both applied like Kyle obviously really wanting a place for London and it's all done on a ballot so I was like oh yeah go on I'll do it too and then of the two of us I got the place um and I just thought like okay I'm just going to give it a go but I am not a runner in any way so I think for me I won't have had long enough to recover and train to then sign up to an ultra marathon. Um, however, Toronto has a marathon in October that I've been eyeing up and a bit like, oh, well, maybe would that be insane to to do that when I've not even done one yet? But um, but no, in terms of the bucket list for me, I think, um, again, I'm just quite open to it, really. Like, I really want to go skiing. Uh, so that's like a major thing for me. Um, mm. And... I don't know. I, I'm just probably a bit unlike my nature. I'm just very willing to go with the flow on it. I'm really trying to, because I've always been somebody that's quite, um, you know, has planned things out and likes to know what they're doing. And I like my routine. And I think I'm just very willing to kind of just go with the flow. I'd love to just get in a car and drive for 10 hours and see where I end up, um, yeah. which you would have to in Canada because it's so big because you know, I think that's going to be a big thing to adjust to, actually, is just how long it's going to take to get to anywhere. It's kind of blowing my mind a little bit, the fact that I drove to Scotland once and that took, you know, the better part of a day. And that's just going to be almost just like, yeah, we're just going to pop over to Vancouver for the same length of time. I think that's what a lot of people, I'm kind of refreshing my memory every five seconds now about just how small the UK is in comparison. To, yeah it's uh, tiny yeah. I mean you could drive for eight hours and like basically still be in Toronto um like if you were going to drive to Vancouver I feel like it would take you a week but yeah. apparently there's a very cool route where you like go into America and like through Chicago and so again maybe who knows we'll do that <laughs> I mean if anything you guys are gonna have some fantastic uh, road trips out there yeah I'm looking forward to that and um, I suppose on that kind of uh, scope of everything, when you're in Vancouver, now going potentially to Toronto, um, big cityscape, as you said, um, and you're talking about crossing over into like America, Seattle, Chicago, going all over the place. I, do you think in your mind you're kind of ready for such a huge shift in scale as well? Or do you think that's something you're going to have to find yourself adjusting to? I think I'll need to adjust to it quite a lot. Um, as I said, you know, I'm a bit of a small town boy. Um, I've never lived in like a, a proper city before or anything. Um, so I think it'll be a big adjustment. And obviously it's not just adjusting to living 
in a big city compared to living in a small town. It's, you know, a totally different country. Um, maybe not as prepared for that as I'd like to think I am, but um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really excited about it at the same time. You know, before, before all this, we'd been thinking about moving to a, a city, in, you know, in England, um, because we'd always wanted to experience uh, living outside of a small town. So I think it's sort of ticking off that as well as ticking off living in a different country for us. I think it sort of does two birds with one stone. All about yourself, Lottie. What, what is the sense of scale? Does that kind of scare you or excite you about Canada? No, I think I've always wanted to live in a big city. Um, you know, growing up, we always lived in very remote places, like even more so than um, than Becks Hill. Um, I actually grew up on the middle of a farm. Like, like imagine a house in the middle of loads of fields. Like it's it was basically that. And I just I don't know. I've just always wanted to have like the hustle and bustle of it. I mean, I might hate it. Who knows? But. Um, I just, yeah, being able to be in the vicinity of things that I want to do, not have to worry about getting trains home or, you know, um, anything like that. I'm just, I'm really, really looking forward to it. Before we kind of get onto a bit more, there's one question I think which is quite important and for a lot of people nowadays who are looking to just go traveling or even look to relocate. Um, and that comes down to, well, it's the cost of living really. In the UK, it's um, the highest. It's been um, a lot of people around our age and really kind of noticing it Canada um apparently has a higher cost of living but um a better pay for their um for the Canadians have you had a look into the general cost of living and cost of day by day to be in Canada for obviously let's just say these first three months have you looked at those costs and how do you find them I mean I think when we were out there we got a bit of a taste of it um and some things we found were more expensive so we got um for our airbnb a packet of bagels which here i mean i think what do they cost kyle like three pounds maybe for a pack 85 there we go um but it was uh they were like seven dollars from the supermarket um which the exchange rate on that probably makes it about five pounds ish approx still like four or five quid yeah yeah um so we found that some things were quite pricey um we kind of chalked that up to we weren't going to like um like a walmart or a big superstore um where we'd probably would do a weekly shop like we were you know there was there's a market called Nestor's, which was like just a block over from where we were staying. And we would get food from there. Um, but I think it's because it's that That's smaller. Convenience store, yeah, it? convenience store. Yeah, which you always pay more because you're paying for the convenience. Um, but generally, I, th- I mean, I don't know, Kyle, what was the cost of a pint out there? I think that's always a good, that's always a good measure, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, often you didn't get pints, which was the other thing. Uh, it's a 16-ounce <laughs> beer, which is like 440 mil, 450 mil or something. So it's slightly less than a pint. Um, and, and that was often around something about like $8. But then that works out about £5. And to be honest, £5 for a pint now is, is I mean, you're not going to get it much cheaper, really, are you, in England? No. I mean, I, um, I, I tend to try and compare a lot of uh, my places to effectively living in London because a lot of people you know you don't you don't live in London you're, you're not paying as much for it but yeah 
similar vibe. I went to Iceland not that long ago. Oh uh, yeah, price of a beer, yeah, about five six pounds. Which looking at um, you know, somewhere like a brew dog in England or so, you know, a nice bar in London. Yeah, you know, it's not that crazy to be thinking about it. Yeah, it could, it could cost you more. I think the most expensive fine I've ever paid for in London was seven quid, and I couldn't get a refund. I've paid seven pound in Eastbourne, Oof. so well. it's like yeah. Um, the other the other thing as well is um, you know we go out for for dinner and you know the, the cost of going out for dinner for the both of us was was no different really to to going um, for dinner over here. Um, the only difference is the tipping culture is you know slightly more over there, so you generally would tip more and you tip for more things. Um, and they don't add tax into prices; yeah. so your tax is added on afterwards, so you have to factor that in as well. Yeah, that's a nightmare for me because my mental maths is awful. So you have the prices and then you'd have to add on, what was it, like 12.5% or something? Something around that? I think it was six and a half. Oh, well, there we go. And then they had like additional taxes for things like alcohol and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. So yeah, that was a shock. So I'd I'd probably end up getting the old hand on the shoulder as I try and walk out of somewhere unwittingly knowing I've underpaid yeah yeah literally (laughs) but but on the flip side you know when we've when we've looked at jobs and work the salaries do appear to be higher don't they they do so i think for both of us if we were to get equivalent jobs to what we do now we would be both earning more money than we currently earn so i think it's it's sort of swings and roundabouts and that sort of thing yeah um but then and and as you said you might not be spending as much time gaming last you might spend more time outside having a having one of those nice five pound tables Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, kind of looking forwards, we've kind of gone over obviously the your it, it long process of getting your application, the steps you have to go through for getting up your your profiles, going over there for a holiday, looking at selling your home and saving. But now, looking forward into June, um, we've talked about what you're excited to do. But let's talk about those little moments, those small moments. My favourite thing, Lottie, as and Carl, as you'll probably know. I asked this question to Ellie and one of her main responses was going straight to having a McDonald's. <laughs> That's <laughs> classic Ellie, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that, that, that is the Ellie that I've always known as well. And are there those little moments that you're looking forward to having? It's not going to be as big as going skiing. It's not going to be as exciting as running around Niagara Falls. But are you looking forward to having some official maple syrup pancakes while you're out there? Or even just someone going up to you and say, hey, buddy. Yeah, I think like, <laughs> <laughs> I I think for me, I'm really excited to, um, so there's these little islands that are kind of just opposite the Toronto coastline and you can get boats to them really easy. And there's a really amazing viewing point of the skyline of the city. And I think being able to, to go and see that would be an amazing moment. Um, and I think as well, just like, you know, when you get there and you get in your Airbnb, then it's like, okay, this is real. We're actually here. I think that's going to be quite a big moment. What about you, Carl? Any of those um, small but big wins for you? Yeah, I've promised Ellie that I'll get a um, McDonald's breakfast with her already um, because I know that is her sort of top of her bucket list. But that's probably on when you ask the bucket list question, that's, that's her answer, you know. Um, yes. But I think... The, uh, the I'm I'm really looking forward to being in so much close proximity to so many exciting uh, different things. 
um, you know, like the Toronto, Toronto's football team is like a, a walking distance from from where we're staying, and and they have um, standing. Um, so whereas in Premier League football, like it's all all seated, they they've got a standing stand, and that's something that I I really find quite exciting. So I'm quite looking forward to going seeing high level football in a, in a standing ground because you know to do that here you generally have to go and see Eastbourne Borough, and it's not quite the same. So that's something that I'm really looking forward yeah. to. Um, and then having so many different exciting things just on my doorstep, definitely. I'll, I'll be curious as well. There's a lot of people, if I'm moving over there, you think of certain cities as having their certain bits that go alongside them. You've got New York, you're surrounded in a concrete and glass jungle. You go to somewhere like Tokyo, you're surrounded by gadgets and pop culture and anime. You go to somewhere like Australia, you're surrounded by beautiful blue oceans. Um, with uh, Toronto in Canada, you mentioned it's a city, but what kind of what kind of things can people, I suppose, find as Canada's thing when you go out and about in the town? Snow. <laughs> um, no. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I think, as I said, because you know where I mentioned earlier that, spe- like especially Toronto and Vancouver are so multicultural. I don't think that there's one thing that makes it it if that makes sense that you know that gives it its own x factor um you know it might be that canadian people would say otherwise of course maple syrup is a huge thing and actually toronto is i think i don't know if this is wrong maybe but i think the world's only supplier of ice wine because um so ice wine is where they freeze the grapes and then make wine from it um and it's because toronto's climate is both hot enough to grow grapes and cold enough to then freeze them so that's an interesting fact i thought um but yeah i think there's you know like for vancouver for me i suppose it it was the mountains that made it but i i don't know it sounds really corny to me like i just couldn't put my finger on it but yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, th- I think having that mixture of a massive city that's so close to the most beautiful scenery is is something that's quite amazing. You know, you can you can you can look left and see skyscrapers and look right and see snowy mountains. I mean, that's that's something that I think made for, for Vancouver certainly uh, very different to anywhere I've ever been before. I mean, it all it all sounds incredibly exciting, and I mean, from both you guys and from Ellie, there's so so much, and. I suppose the the probably the next important question really to ask is what other bits do you need to prepare for? Is there anything left on your list? Do you need to sort out um, obviously bank accounts, phones? Do you need to sort out registering with a doctor? I suppose what what kind of bits do you need to now do in those last what two two months? I don't know. I sort that. I want to get there. I, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, I think I think a lot of that sort of stuff we will have to do when we're there, um, like phones and banks and things like that. Um, so that is something that's that's the fortunate position we're in, where where we've got a friend in Ellie who's moving over six weeks before us, or, or approximately, and so she's definitely going to be. We kind of said because we went on the holiday first, we were sort of doing the the run on how actually the flight and immigration goes because we did the immigration thing and we told her all about that and then she's going to go over and tell us how to do the banks and how to do the phone and all that sort of thing so we're kind of quite a nice relationship we've got there where we're helping each other with that sort of stuff yeah and I think as well because we have already done like our visas are now active 
um, because we've already done all of that part. There's kind of nothing really we have to prepare before we go because all of that admin of us actually, you know, getting there and being allowed to stay there and work there is done. So it is just that like, you know, packing, getting rid of stuff we don't need, finishing out work and, you know, running the marathon. Like it's that, it's that sort of thing. Like it's not, it, it doesn't feel particularly admin heavy right now, but I'm sure that things will pop up. Packing was one thing I thought was quite an interesting one because it's like we have to, when you go on holiday, you're like, okay, well, what am I going to need for two weeks? And if I forget something, it's like, oh, okay, well, it's fine. I'll have it when I get home. So that's something that I think is going to be a bit more, um, a bit more difficult to pack because it's like, okay, what am I going to need for two years? Um, or what things am I going to have to <laughs> yeah. get when I'm over there? Kind of full on uprooting everything. I mean, I've trying to think about what the bare essentials would be and what you take with you. So it's, it's quite, I mean, luckily anything you can, you can leave mm. behind, you can leave behind yes. with your parents. Yes, yeah, you can. Yeah. But um, guys, this has been absolutely fantastic talk. And um, I asked earlier, I'd also like to ask you, once you start getting settled in, I'd love to arrange something new to find out how the first few weeks or months has been um, with uh, you two. And obviously with Ellie as well. We'd be yeah, that would be fun. To get the three of you. Yeah, I'd really love that. But um, I think that there is so much, and I think there's um, a, a lot more to tell. And now I'm so happy that for s- something that's been so long in the works has finally come together for the two of you. And I think this is really exciting. Thank you. Yeah. And um, I, I wish you all the best going into yeah, June. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thank you so much. And, yeah. And thanks for having us as well. This has been really right. fun. Yeah, thank you. No, thank you. I really appreciate it. And um, before I let you go and enjoy the rest of your night, I, I have my little quick fire questions I like to ask everyone at the end. Um, I'll ask one at a time. And then if we go, because Kyle, you're the first okay. on my screen. If you answer first, then lots of So you might have to send your, your memories back for this first one. Kyle, what bit of advice would you give 2019 Kyle if before even this whole Canada thing came to fruition? Just just commit to it. Just make your mind up and stick with it. Um, don't be so indecisive. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Lottie, to, to, to younger Lottie, what advice would you give? I think trust the process and it's going to be okay. <laughs> I love the optimism. Yeah. <laughs> so, Kyle, we've just talked about what things you need to take, what you might need to pick up. But what item is top of your list to go in your bag? Oh, okay. Um, I mean, it's pretty boring, but it's going to be my laptop, I think. It's going to be, the, that's definitely the, the thing I'm going to need when I go over there understandable lottie um maybe the nintendo switch <laughs> can, can you play the game cartridges over in canada so yeah region locked are they? no no oh i don't know i hope i have really hoped i we had i had no issues playing it when we were in vancouver so i have to download them off the store <laughs> yes oh, yeah sure. <laughs> <laughs> um Kyle, moving, moving to any country sometimes a lot of people as we discussed earlier with um, lottie people dive into duolingo and they try and pick up certain phrases and when it comes to british people we do have our own little um bank and we talk in a, in a funny way a lot have you learned any um canadian phrases or sayings that you're looking to say out there oh um 
Oh, what is it that everyone says? You know, it was, no, I haven't. But it was really funny when we were on um, on the bus uh, in Vancouver, and one one of the drivers, what was he saying, Lottie? He was very, very Canadian. Yeah, wasn't he? En- really ending Canadian. everything with a. It's like it's yeah, very stereotypical. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't have. A, I don't have a good answer for that one. That's a really tough one. Sorry. <laughs> no, L- Lottie. Would it? Would it be the, the a? Um. No. So I think. So they're one dollar coins. They're called loonies, and they're two dollar coins. They're called toonies, and they refer to the bathroom as the washroom and not the restroom. So that that's something to remember. That's, yeah, if that's any something. if anyone's going to Canada, because restroom is like very American, but it's specifically the washroom. Right, loony loony toonies and washroom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good answer. I saw an interesting uh, video from a, a Mr. Mike Myers. I think it was one of those varsity interview videos where he does a breakdown on how he does his Canadian. He's from Canada. Oh yeah. On how he his accent influenced uh, Wayne from Wayne's World. So um, oh, no you'll way. learn how they raise. Oh. So interesting thing if you're looking about. Oh, that. It up. Yeah, check that um, out. Yeah. Next uh, question. Obviously, Carl, you mentioned going to Seattle. But what song do you think is going to be on your playlist that will remind you of home? Oh, that's a good one. Um, Well, I think I'm going to say, you can edit this, can't you? Because it's very, very much me just sitting here and thinking. I'll tell you what, we'll circle around. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you have a song that's going to be on your list. Obviously, um, I don't know if you're as much of a Swifty as uh, Ellie is, but that was obviously her. Not answer. quite, no. So I'm actually going to give a very corny answer, if if you'll allow me, in that I feel like my home is Kyle. So, and there are many, many songs that remind me of him, but I want to say Pinball Wizard, um, because oh. it reminds <laughs> me, <laughs> it just reminds me of, uh, great times that we've had in Brighton and there's a place we often go uh, called the loading bar and they have an old school pinball machine and it just so quite corny answer I apologize but that's that's what I'm gonna say no I love it I bet corny is what I appreciate <laughs> no. okay. Um, okay in which on. case then I'll go for I'll go for um, the whole of the moon by the water boys um, which is a song that's quite close to, to me and Lottie uh, we did karaoke together recently, and it's a song that will probably make me think of that. And it was it was at my mum's retirement party that we did this sort of karaoke. So it'll make me think of home. It made me think of my family, and it'll make me think of my friends as well because it's one of my good friends' first dance. So I think that'll probably be a good answer. Yeah, that's a really good one. So obviously, you're both going to Canada. This is the next that's on your list, but everyone has their kind of bucket list holiday country destination. Kyle, is there any country in the world that is still on your bucket list that you have to see one day? Um, yes, I think I don't want to necessarily steal Lottie's answer, which I think I can guess. So I'm going to say Italy because I've never been to Italy. And despite moving very far away from Europe now um, and being so close to Europe at the moment, um, it's still one place that I've never been. So I'm going to say Italy. Lottie? I'm interested to, to think what, Kyle, what do you think I'm going to say? I'm as well. Japan. Yes, Japan. (laughs) Um, 
yeah, Japan. That is somewhere <laughs> I 100% have to go. Um, though, again, we're moving incredibly far away from it. So it's not going to be a good time in the next couple of years to go. But that is, um, it's, yeah, a couple of our friends actually are going. Is it next week, Kyle? They're going on Wednesday, maybe. Um, but yeah, next week, yeah. I'm going to be living vicariously through them, through all their like, you know, Insta updates and everything. But yeah, that's that's a bucket list for me. Both very different, but both, you know, beautiful countries as well. Um, but again, I'd like to say thank you so much for, for coming on and sharing this really incredible story and um, this, you know, fantastic example of perseverance and passion. I, I think this is fantastic. So um, thank you for sharing it, both of you. Yeah, thank you for having us. Uh, thanks a lot. And we, ha- we, uh, we, we, can't, we, can't, we can't back out a bit now. We well, yeah, <laughs> that's so true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It will be recorded for the world to see that you uh, you gave up. But again, all the best. <laughs> Happy travels for, for the move. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks a lot. It's been really fun. We appreciate it. Thank you for joining us today. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to the Tales from Travellers podcast to stay up to date on past and future episodes. I'm always looking to share new stories from expats and repats from all over the world. So please reach out if you'd like to share your story. You never know, your story could be the one that helps someone make that life-changing choice. You can find us on Instagram at Tales from Travellers. I'd love to hear your story, and more importantly, I'd love to share it with the world. I look forward to hearing from you, but thanks again for joining me, and until next time, happy travels.